0: Good morning. This is WCNC's Wake Up Charlotte to go. I'm Sarah French and here are your top stories. Mixed reactions this morning after the South Carolina Supreme Court ruled the state's fetal heartbeat bill unconstitutional. The bill restricted abortions after six weeks. That's typically around the time when a heartbeat is first detected. The court writing six weeks is not a reasonable period of time. Tradicia Woodard is live in South Carolina. Tradesha, uh, what does this ruling mean for residents there?
1: Well, Sarah, the state Supreme Court says restricting a woman's access to abortion after six weeks of pregnancy is an invasion of privacy. So that ban has been officially tossed out, giving women who are looking to undergo the procedure the green light. South Carolina's abortion ban, also known as the Fetal Heartbeat Act, which restricts abortions after six weeks, has officially been tossed out. The decision comes after the state Supreme Court came to a vote saying it's an invasion of privacy. The decision now gives many women who are seeking an abortion the green light. We spoke to abortion advocates who say it's a step in the right direction.
2: This is a victory for all South Carolinians, for our right to privacy, for our uh, Right to self determination, what happens to our bodies, our futures, and our freedom. The people want to have the right to abortion maintained in South Carolina.
1: Well, some say they're in favor of the decision, others say they're disappointed. Governor Henry McMaster released a statement on Twitter yesterday saying the state Supreme Court has over exceeded their authority. Reporting live in Fort Mill, Trudicia Woodard wake up Charlotte. South Carolina's top court also
0: hearing arguments over the state's policy on the death penalty last year. State corrections officials and Governor McMaster filed an appeal to a ruling saying the electric chair and firing squad was classified as cruel and unusual. The firing squad became legal and the electric chair became the state's primary method of execution back in 2021. The State Department of Corrections website shows there are 35 inmates currently on death row turning to more. Today's top stories in your morning rush. Charlotte Mecklenburg police arresting a man they say was involved in a deadly Northeast Charlotte shooting. Officers tell us 29 year old Cedric Thompson faces first degree murder and weapons charges. They say he was involved in Wednesday's shooting of Charles Maxi Jr on West 24th Street police. say Maxi died at the hospital after officers found him shot. Parents outraged after an eight year old boy was removed from a CMS school bus yesterday morning after the bus became overcrowded. The child was left alone on the side of the street and brought home by strangers. Parents of the CMS students say these situations can cause kids to go missing and that policy needs to change. The district says they are investigating the details surrounding the bus stop incident and will adjust procedures to make sure it doesn't happen again. The Mecklenburg County District Attorney's Office says it will not bring any charges against City Councilman James Smudgy Mitchell. The council member was accused of having ownership in a construction firm the city does business with. After reviewing an SBI report, the district attorney determining Mitchell does not have an existing stake in the company and there is no reason to prosecute him.
2: I'm Bree Jackson in Washington. Today marks two years since former President Trump's supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol. The Justice Department says since then, there have been more than 950 people arrested for their alleged roles in the January 6th attack. Today, President Biden will deliver remarks about the January 6th anniversary. He'll also present the Presidential Citizens Medal to 12 individuals involved in defending the Capitol during the insurrection.
0: Fort Bragg and other U.S. military bases with Confederate ties will get new names this year. The Department of Defense beginning the changes this week after a mandatory waiting period ended. North Carolina's Fort Bragg will be renamed Fort Liberty by the end of the year. And that's it for your Morning Rush. Time out to connect the dots when we make the news make sense. This weekend marks the 20th anniversary of Air Midwest Flight 5481. Back on January 8, 2003, a small commuter plane traveling from Charlotte to Greenville crashed shortly after takeoff. The crash paving the way for safety changes we still use to this day. Carolyn Bruck connects the dots.
2: Weight distribution plays a key role when flying. Let's connect the dots. On the morning of January 8, 2003, a small Beechcraft airplane with 21 passengers and a bunch of heavy luggage took off from Charlotte Douglas Airport. But it didn't take long after takeoff before pilots quickly lost control of the plane, stalling and crashing into an aircraft maintenance hangar, killing everyone on board. After an investigation by the NTSB, the transportation agency realized they needed to make 21 safety recommendations. Among them, Adjusting the way weight on small planes is measured. If the weight of all of the passengers and the luggage isn't distributed properly, it can lead to serious problems for planes. The crash led the FAA to revise weight values for the first time since 1936. Now, instead of using averages, many small carriers will use actual weight totals, all to help protect passengers in the air and people on the ground. And that's connecting the dots.
0: Today is National Take Down Your Christmas Tree Day. And while most people who got a real tree will just throw it out, one article making the rounds on social media suggests people should eat their Christmas trees. But should you actually do that? Wake Up Charlotte's Megan Bragg verifies. So it's this article that cites food experts talking
3: about different ways you can use your Christmas tree in your meals. So I have a fake Christmas tree and I will not be doing this, but if you have a real one, can you eat your Christmas tree? To get answers, we went to family physician Dr. Carla Robinson, Dr. Pyle Coley, and the National Christmas Tree Association. Dr. Carla Robinson tells us certain Christmas trees are actually edible. However, consuming the one in your home,
2: probably not your best bet for a number of reasons. You just don't know in many cases where your tree came from. So you don't know if it was treated with any pesticides or any other chemicals that could potentially harm you if ingested. The article claims you can make teas or
3: seasoning from your tree, but both doctors say steer clear unless you know for certain you have a non-poisonous pine and it hasn't been treated with chemicals.
2: Some varieties that uh, we know are particularly harmful are uh, trees like cypress trees, cedar trees. So if those are the types of trees that you use for your home for, uh, you know, your Christmas trees, uh, you you definitely don't want to eat those. Even
3: if it's not poisonous, Dr. Coley tells us the needles can still be irritants in your
2: system. Needles are very sharp. So if you think about putting something sharp inside your mouth, even swallowing it, even after you chew it in your esophagus and your stomach, you could actually cause mucus you know, damage, mucous membrane damage in your mouth. According to
3: the Christmas Tree Association, the best way to recycle your tree, bring it to a drop off recycling center or tree recycling and mulching program, or just use your curbside recycling pickup. With your Verify Fact Check, I'm Megan Bragg.
0: Thanks for listening. You can find all these stories and more at WCNC.com. Join the Wake Up Charlotte team weekday mornings on WCNC Charlotte from 4 30 to 7 a.m. Like and subscribe to our podcast and tell a friend.